Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Bluff. All right, welcome back to Beyond the Bluff. We have two baseball players today joining us um, by the name of Connor Kershaw and Colby Schiffer. And we're going to have them introduce themselves really quick. And let's just go, you know, what position you guys are. Let's go year um, and where you guys are from. All right, what's up? I'm Colby Schiffer. I'm a senior left-handed pitcher um, from San Clemente, California. I'm Connor Kershaw, senior right-handed pitcher from Thousand Oaks, Newbury Park, California. Right on, right on. And uh, how has your guys' baseball experience been so far, both being seniors? Uh, let's just start off with your favorite baseball memory. I think for me... I mean, hands down, it'd have to be, like, winning the conference championship last year. Yeah. I think it was something that, like, had been building up. Um, I feel like all three years before that, because I was a junior when it happened, just, like, kind of progressively got, like, better and better as a team and closer and closer. And I feel like that team was kind of the culmination of a lot of hard work and a lot of culture being built by a lot of us. So... To see that pay off with a bunch of the guys that I just loved being around every day and just like thoroughly like enjoyed spending time with was just like it's I mean it's gonna be like something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Sure. Yeah, I have to agree with Colby. I think just that entire year was so special, and I mean obviously every year that you're playing, you're having a different team, you're having new guys come and guys leave, um, and it's it's really hard to say. I mean, it's really hard to say bye to those guys every year. But then you also don't know the characters you're going to get and how they're going to affect the team, how it's going to be different. And like Colby said, like it was a, a culmination of, you know, just all the guys we wanted. You know, every, every guy on that team was, like, deeply loved by everyone. Um, and I think that was really cool to just see the growth. And especially coming from our freshman and sophomore year that were just so different. I mean, every year is different, but, like, those were specifically just very different years. Um, and just to be with a group of guys that cared about each other and cared about the game so much and put in that dedication, seeing it pay off was something really special. Yeah. Cool. Was that your favorite? What's your favorite baseball memory? I would have to – it's up there. I'd have to really think about it. Um, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's I mean, so much that happens. There's, there's so much. Like, obviously, that's the one that sticks out. But, like, yeah, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, there's a lot. It's hard to, like, really, like, think about all of them right now but like that's the one that definitely sticks out. oh yeah especially from a team atmosphere and i think with baseball too uh team that the idea of team is, is really a really good um concept and we talk about that on the podcast a lot too is this idea of i mean we've had golf play golf golfers on the podcast where it's just one guy out on the course right but then you also have baseball and, and soccer like we talked to tyler too is this different idea of team atmospheres and team culture so would you guys talk a little bit about how, you know, let's talk about current team culture and what you guys think about that. And um, we've actually had a couple of talks about what team culture actually means to us and, and to the program here at LMU. Would you guys mind mentioning a couple of things about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to label exactly what culture is. It's yeah. almost like you don't know what the culture is until that culture has passed. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of reflect and compare to different teams. And we talked about this as a team, too. And, Zim, you know this. Um, 
like it's a process it's it's what's going on behind the scenes what guys are doing on their own and what they're bringing to the table to then do together yeah. that creates that culture and it's it's something like you can't really see it's more of a feeling and you know how that trust builds with guys around you and how you learn to care for them in a way and, and really uh take pride in their success and not just yours i think that's part of building a, a good culture when people say good culture yeah i like what you said about you don't really know what it's like until it's past because like there's definitely like looking back on things like in the moment you don't really understand the dynamic fully until looking back on it you understand okay this this group of guys was like bought in or these this group of guys wasn't necessarily bought in but you kind of understand looking back on it exactly how the dynamic was but I think culture to me is just like it's the most important factor in a team it's a bunch of guys who come together and um, they just kind of understand what what each other wants like you were saying being bought in on each other or putting yourselves into other people pouring yourselves into other people it's it's just guys understanding what someone else is working towards and being able to support them through that whole process. For sure. Do you guys feel like, because last year won the conference, and then this year new coach, like transfers, freshmen, everything like that, do you feel like the culture has remained the same with the core guys and like you're able to like incorporate the new people that are coming in, including the coaching staff? Or do you feel like the coaching staff has kind of brought this new sense of culture that everyone is kind of like trying to adjust to? And like, how has that like yeah. dynamic been working? I think that it's not the same culture. It's yeah. definitely, I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be. Yeah. And I, I don't think it should be. Yeah. Um, with Ferg coming on and um, bringing in a lot of new guys, like I think it would be kind of dumb of us to like say this is exactly how we did it last year and yeah. we won the conference championship last year and yeah. so that's how we're going to do it like no I don't I don't think that's how it should be and that's not really how it's going either which is kind of like a breath of fresh air too it's like of course we've tried to implement some of the culture driving factors that we feel like helped us last year of course I hold some values deep to me that I think can help us yeah um and I try to I try to like instill some of that in new guys and younger guys that I think that they can take to not only baseball but also like life just because I've been through four years of this and mm. I've changed so much like seeing myself in them. Mm. Um, I think it's important to to teach them your experiences, but yeah, in terms of in terms of the culture right now, like I think we're headed in the right direction. It's not the same as last year, but like it's it's not gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I should have said it as well as you could. I think to expect it to be the same is foolish. Like like we said, you know, guys are leaving, guys are coming in, so it's there's not a blueprint for culture. Like yeah. like Schiff said, you're going to take things that you liked in the past that you think can help and drive us in the right direction, but guys are going to latch on to some of those things and guys are going to not, you know, and it's about figuring out, okay, how can we take some of the things that we have learned and implement them, and how can we, you know, create new things and implement that as well? Um, I love our team this year. I think there's, uh, like, a sophisticated relaxedness about it, which is kind of cool, especially for us as seniors, because we're, you know, we're being treated as seniors, and, 
like as we think we should be treated but then those younger guys are being treated the same way you know everyone's treated very professionally it's it's come in get your work done be about your business you know yeah. have fun with the guys and be able to goof around like you are like you will on a team but when it comes to it like you're there to get your work in and you're there to get better and i think we kind of knew that coming in like there was talk over the summer just like guys coming in there's a lot of guys that are were really good like young playing like zim zim's been great his freshman and sophomore year and it's like now he has a chance to make a really big impact you know and he's made a big impact already on our team but just yeah there's guys that are coming up the ranks and we knew the competition was going to be very high this fall uh-huh. and i think that can be a good and a bad thing i think everyone on our team has taken it in a good way because you're looking at it as uh, from perspective of like that guy's going to push me it's you know it's and the more that you can buy into you know like a a good competitive environment and not a toxic one the better off we'll be and i, I truly think we've done that I think also another thing to like go along with that kind of piggyback off that is like seeing what drives other guys. It's like, you know, it's not going to be the same as last year, but you you have to figure out, obviously you got a lot of new guys coming in. So like figure out what drives other people and, and kind of just keep pushing that with them. I think that's really great. I think the conversation has been really good because both of you guys said actually two of my questions essentially was, was Colby was talking about, this idea of being freshmen and then being seniors. Kind of both of you guys hit upon that. And one thing I like to ask too is, is obviously I'm a junior and then, um, but that transition from being a, uh, a freshman to a senior, obviously you guys have done that, you know, being the full four years and, mm-hmm. you know, talk to me a little bit how that transition is where, you know, you're that, that newbie freshman, but now you guys are the seniors. Like you just said, you know, showing them how, how the ropes go and, and, how is that process for mm-hmm. you guys? And have you guys even taken a step back to realize that? Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, I like to, I like this quote is actually from our old coaches from who I heard it from expensive versus inexpensive experiences mm-hmm. where expensive experiences are the things that you go through. You have to learn kind of just through that hard work and you have to go through it. And inexpensive experiences are those things that you take from other guys. Sure. You don't necessarily have to go through it or go all the way through it. Yeah. Um, so I always kind of come back to that when I'm going through a process, like right now, a process of figuring out where I'm going to be at in terms of the team and figuring out where other guys are at in terms of the team. Yeah. So I think just like trying to give as many inexpensive experiences as I can yeah. Because I feel like I have been through a, a lot of stuff that can help a lot of people. Sure. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I just love that quote. It always sticks out to me. Expensive versus inexpensive experiences. Mm-hmm. For sure. I like that you mentioned, like, have you guys been able to take a step back? And, like, it's just funny thinking about it now, listening to Shift talk about it. But... Like, people, it's such a cliche, like, oh, it happens so fast, but it really does. Like, yeah, it's crazy to think that we're senior, seniors now, you know, and we've had four years or three years of college baseball under our belt. And, um, yeah, I mean, just looking back at freshman year and, like, COVID was going on, we were coming in, like, that was a very old class that we were thrown into, and we had a huge freshman class. I think we had, like, 20-something guys. Yeah. 
So it was just like, we had like polar opposites, you know, it was yeah. all these newbies coming in trying to figure it out. And like, luckily, I mean, our freshman class, a lot of us knew each other and we had played with each other for a very long time. And then, right. which is a super cool aspect that we could all come together on, you know, and now a division one team and play with each other. Um, and, you know, some of those guys have left as we've gotten to our senior year. But yeah, I mean, freshman year was just so much adversity with, with COVID and in dealing with that team that it did have a lot of drama, you know, there was a lot of things going on, a lot of older seniors butting heads. Um, and then you look at sophomore year where we started off horribly. We did. <laughs> and it was, it was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And we then didn't know we ended, if we were going to win a game. Yeah, exactly. And just, then yeah. we turn it around towards the end of the year and end up sneaking into the tournament. You know, we don't get the end result, but you look at where we started to where we finished, no one thought we'd be in the tournament that year. Yeah. yeah. And then you go to junior year where we're winning, winning the conference. <laughs> and it's like, like Schiff is talking about, like we've, we've experienced a lot. And it's crazy to really step back and, and you know, just – think like wow you know like you have experienced a lot it is crazy and also I think like I wouldn't want it any other way started kind of kind of not like it was like a bottom like a rock bottom but like (laughs) seeing that end of of I mean college sports in the small picture but in the big picture it's kind of like it applies to everything like seeing that side of things and then seeing the very top not the very top yet, hopefully soon, but, you know, the top of, like... That trajectory, though. Yeah, definitely upward yeah trajectory. like, being with your brothers and, like, winning the conference championship, it's, like, you see the high and you see the low, and everything in between is just, like, it's just there for you to take and learn from and keep experiencing. I do want to make a point also, though, too, because you were talking about, like, that change from being a freshman to senior, obviously, and mm-hmm. then, like, how that applies to leadership. I think... Like, just being a senior, you do have, uh, I don't want to use the term burden, but, like, you do have that weight of, of being a leader and guys looking up to you. Sure. Um, and I know for me, like, it's funny because, yeah, I understand that we're seniors, you know, but at the same time, too, it's like, I feel like I'm a senior in high school sometimes, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I still like to goof around and have fun. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm a freshman. I've, I'm still figuring things out. And I think that the more you can not hide that about yourself, makes you more relatable to the younger guys too you know like just because i'm a senior just because we're seniors like we don't have it all figured out we have a lot of experience expensive and inexpensive but 100 i like that at the same time you know we're we're still figuring things out and i think that makes you like i said more relatable to the younger guys and you can still goof around and and joke with them and like you still get made fun of stuff happens to you (laughs) and you just gotta wear it and they see how you wear that and stuff yeah no definitely and i appreciate you guys just response I really like that too because I've never never really looked at it that way because usually as a younger guy especially looking up to you guys too also is oh it's like they got they got it figured out right like they're doing it right (laughs) but then when you say that it's like oh man that does make sense because even as a junior now but then also you know seeing you guys it's like oh okay never put anybody on a pedestal because they're still figuring their shit out right and they still got things going on and in their life or you know like make fun of or whatever it may be so I really like that point that's a really 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 cool point so thank you guys for sharing that um I want to get into what got you guys into baseball and how you guys ended up at LMU and that kind of process being both Southern California kids and and uh why you chose to come here um baseball in the beginning you want like from the beginning, yeah, from the beginning. <laughs> why how did you start playing baseball and why 
I honestly, I mean, I was signed up for it probably by my parents. Like, <laughs> that's kind of how it started. But, like, I just I kept gravitating towards it. I never, like, got away from it. Like, you know, you play every sport as a kid, and I just never stopped playing baseball. Um, I didn't understand when kids would, like, tell me it's too slow. I hate baseball. It's too <laughs> slow. I'm like, I don't know. I love every moment. I love every inning. Like, I, I don't know what it was about baseball, but baseball is just my sport and I love to watch it and, and play it and uh, I had a pretty interesting like um, coming to LMU story it was I wasn't thinking much about college baseball at all um, until my senior year until I kind of like started to make some bigger strides and see myself moving on to the next level and starting to put myself out there because that was another thing I never really thought of doing I just kind of played it because I had friends and also I I loved playing it so um, I started to put myself out there and seeing some attention more and more attention um, and then I got I got involved with a recruiter that helped me con get connected with a former coach Tony Asaro so got invited to a camp um, Worked out at the camp and threw my two or three innings, whatever they, <laughs> right. they allowed me to pitch. And um, I remember sitting on the bench after I threw my second inning. I still had one more. And um, a former player named Cooper Yule, who was the catcher, comes over and he said, hey, Choder wants to talk to you. And I said, "It's like, who? He's like, the head coach wants to talk to you. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I go over and I talk to him and he was just kind of like, was like, asking me like screening me giving me like screening questions about like what do your parents do what do you, where are you from what do you like to do all this kind of stuff and he just pretty much point blank just said like this place would be perfect for you like I think you're a guy that can really develop and <coughs> get some good work in here and like I'd love to like I'd love to have you basically That's and awesome. so after the camp wrapped up I went up to him and I was like do you want me to, like, give you my number or, like, call you or something? He's like, here's my number. Call me tonight about your decision. And so I, ca oh, I called him that night, and I was with my mom, and I was just like, hey, um, would love to come play for you and see what happens. And he was like, well, perfect. Like, love to hear it. I'll send Tony the uh, your number, and he'll get you set up with everything you need. That's awesome. And this was December of my senior year. I had already applied to schools. Oh, shit. I didn't wow. realize it was that late. Super yeah. late. Wow. And there were even there were guys who were even later. I thought I was late. There were guys who were even later. So that's it was kind of an interesting journey for sure. But um, nonetheless, like grateful for it and best decision I've made so far. Definitely met some cool dudes. <laughs> um. All right, from the start, uh, I think I started playing when I was five or six, probably the same as yeah. Colby, Newbury Park Pony Baseball, <laughs> right down the street from my house. We'd like, um, yeah, I mean, that was like, I don't know, that was such a crazy experience, and I just have so many vivid memories. Like, those, that's where I really met, like, some of my best friends. And, like, we grew up, like, from five years old. I mean, the, the kid on my... One guy on my, uh, the first team I ever played for, he plays at Pepperdine now. And, you know, I played the Ray Park Pony Baseball with him and then 
middle school, yeah. high school, and now we're playing against each other in the conference. And, like, there's so many of those guys that we just grew up together and had this kind of little pack of players that, um, yeah, went up the ranks. And I think that was such a sh- defining and shaping moment for me, just being able to be surrounded by good competition my whole life. And But before it was even competition, it was just fun, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. we were just – everything we did was just fun, and it was together. Um, and then obviously did, like – Travel ball, played middle school baseball at uh, my middle school. Um, and that was, like, good competition, too, against Harvard-Westlake and Chaminade, a bunch of guys who've gone on to get drafted. And it's just funny seeing, you know, we're playing on a tiny, like, 250-foot <laughs> fence field and everyone's just hitting a bomb every other at bat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the drop fives, too. And, like, I mean, if, if a person came and watched those games, they'd probably be pretty shocked just about, you know, the people that were there. I was very fortunate to be surrounded by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I played football for a little bit, too. I always thought I was going to be the next Bo Jackson and be able to do both. And then uh, it just got to a point, I think, like my sophomore year where – it was kind of time my base, my high school coaches were like if you're serious about this like you should play baseball all year round yeah and i didn't want to give up football but i knew i wanted to play baseball in in college so i decided to give it up ended up still playing beach volleyball in the falls just to do something different and stay <laughs> active which was super fun yeah um and then you know talking to a couple schools here and there but it was nothing serious it was just like send your emails out, some respond, some talk to you, yeah. and then they ghost you for weeks and weeks and weeks, <laughs> right. and then you hear from them again, you're like, I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> I don't know, that whole process of getting recruited and just like stepping into the void is, is insane with the coaches, but um, I think it was over summer going into my senior year, I threw at a... Uh, just like an exhibition game we set up two travel teams gbg and socal giants yeah played against each other through like the last two innings through well and uh cho and asaro were there two of the our, our old head coach and old recruiter um were there and talked to him after the game and they were just like we love how you play with the chip on your shoulder and yeah. you know you don't throw the hardest but you compete like you do um like we'd love for you to come play for me come play for us come be a lion and it, I mean my sister that's the other big thing too my sister went to LMU she graduated in 2020 so I like coming and visiting her, visiting her on campus and going to the baseball games like I already could see the culture I, I met a bunch of the guys and I was just like these guys are awesome like yeah. I feel like I vibe with them really well and could see myself being on a team with them did a couple camps and then just decided yeah like LMU was where I wanted to go um it was kind of a no-brainer. Cool. But, yeah, very fortunate, very lucky to have the opportunity. What position did you play when you played football? Uh, quarterback. Quarterback, free safety, and uh, kick return. Awesome. <laughs> All what over. about you, Bulbar? Any, any dual sport? Did you always play baseball? Baseball was only baseball in high school. I, I mean, I played everything when I was, like, little. I had a few stints with water polo. No way. I loved, I loved water polo, and then it just got so so much like swimming and stuff I, like, <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore but played football a couple of years played basketball for like four or five years but other than that no nah. pretty pretty seriously into baseball cool. Sweet. I have a funny like like commitment story as well mm-hmm. like 
uh, I didn't commit super late. Like my goal was to commit before I started applying to colleges because I knew that like I just wanted to apply to one, get it over with, yep. know where I was going. Yep. So it was like my junior year, and I was like talking to some coaches and Coach Kyle, who was the assistant coach at the time, like called me and he's like, "Hey, like we want you to make your decision soon. We're trying. We're looking at a couple guys. We really want you to have you. Um, so yeah, can you like let me know?" Like as soon as possible, mm-hmm. and like on that phone call, like it was like after school, like it was like, like we got to school at three twenty. I was on that call at three thirty. <laughs> I hung up that call, committing to LMU, mm-hmm. like at like by four. Yep. And I was like, dude, the first thing I have to do is like post something on Instagram. <laughs> like, 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 let him know. That's the coolest part, you know, yeah. like like seeing like the yeah. like happy to announce I just committed to like yeah. play Division One soccer. It's like it's what you look forward to. Sure. I had some kid who was playing on my like high school team. He was like a freshman, but he knew how to Photoshop. So I like sent him a photo of me playing club soccer and sent him the LMU logo. He photoshopped it in the locker room before practice. <laughs> I posted awesome. it and like I come back to my phone and my I'm, I have like five missed calls from my mom. Oh, like, no like four way. missed calls from my dad. And they're like, I, I answer, I call him back. He's like, did you just commit to LMU? <laughs> and I was like, like yeah. Like I'm oh, yeah. to tell you. <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm like, to I, tell I, you, mom and dad. <laughs> Dude, like she was so mad at me, like oh, like she was like, hilarious. like cause even the cat she, she she started like hyper analyzing the post as well, like I like in the post I said like want to thank like like my friends and like my coaches and my family and she's like even in your post you don't say your family first like <laughs> like she was just going in on me oh like it, God, it, so it blew over but like I definitely should have told my parents first <laughs> yeah, I was like, like when I was going to school but yeah it was super funny but I felt the same or I don't know if my parents felt the same but like. Looking back on it, I could understand how crazy it could have been because yeah. I'd never been here before. I'd uh-huh. never, like, I, didn't, I, I honestly didn't hear about LMU before Asaro reached out to me. That was yeah. the same way for and me. And I started, <laughs> I started, like, researching it. I was like, oh, like, pretty, much, pretty <laughs> yeah. much, yeah, pretty much everything I wanted. Like, like, beach, by my family, I can play baseball, good academics, beautiful campus, like, looks cool, so... Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, you know, looks fine. So, and and then, like, I just end up going to this camp and then same day making the decision to spend the next four years yeah. at this place. Like, I could imagine how much of a whirlwind it was. But honestly, I, <laughs> I kind of thought, like, that's how it goes. Like, this yeah. is kind of how it, like, I got to take this opportunity. Like, I'm not going to let this pass pass me by. Like, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't let the opportunity pass me by. Yeah. So There had to have been a, a gut instinct, too, a little bit. There was, definitely. I think yeah. it being late December, yeah. me knowing that this is what I've wanted. I want to play at the next level and I want to challenge myself. And um, and especially like knowing me, it's, I don't know, it look, it's crazy to think that I made that decision just like that. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm pretty calculated and I think things out. <laughs> and then like. I can vouch you definitely, definitely do. <laughs> doing that, just like kind of like not on a whim, but like pretty like kind of going into it blind like yeah i don't know but that just kind of goes to show it's def- it's the best decision i've made so far and yeah gotcha sweet man if you didn't come here we would we wouldn't be having this podcast with you exactly no. it'd probably be just with kirsch and probably a way better podcast too. <laughs> Dude. Dude. i'm kidding i'm kidding no it would be kirsch's kirsch is a pretty cool guy Dude, um so i want to get into Obviously, the student aspect of being student athletes and kind of as seniors and 
got any tips and tricks for one, you know, balancing that school and, and athletics? That's a common question. Uh, but two, in a matter of your guys' four years and, and how have you guys formulated what you guys want to do beyond uh, educationally wise mm-hmm. um, using these four years? Uh, talk a little bit about that student part. I think definitely coming in as a freshman, like you obviously have an expectation of like baseball is going to be harder sure. and school itself is too. But I think the biggest difference was like figuring out that time management, like <clears throat> with high school. Yeah. You have your long days and then practices too, but it's at like a much smaller level mm-hmm. when you get to college. Like that practice is very, you're focused for four hours straight that was the biggest change for me is that was one of the biggest yeah that that's pinpoint because i didn't realize how detail oriented everything had to be because in high school you just go out there and take something for just me swing first it ground ball, <laughs> yeah. swing it yeah, yeah maybe throw a couple couple pens here and there but at, at the college level man everything is coordinated to the minute you are focused for a full four hours and there's no there's no breath of air essentially. So, sorry, I didn't mean it. No, no, you said it, you said it like, that's it. I mean, you're, I think that like attention to detail that you have to have in the classroom and on the field is, is the biggest adjustment. And like, I found myself like not only physically tired just from like the weight training that we were doing and then being on the field and then going to class or vice versa. Um, which is like by the end of every day, like I was exhausted And, and like, you have to learn how to take care of yourself and you know, get the sleep you need and then do it all again the next day. And you just, in figuring out, I think routines is a big thing too, like getting in a routine that you like, whether it's getting up early or, you know, sometimes sleeping in and making your breakfast, like making that coffee, going for a walk, doing whatever whatever you need, you know, just to get you in the right mindset to do something. I like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you touched on it, Kirsch, and then you too, Zim, like the, the time management aspect and the, the focus you have to put into everything if we're talking about like you know the this podcast is like to kind of showcase the student athlete life that is one of the biggest takeaways from this whole experience that I have is like how like the way that you do stuff translates to everything else you do and in baseball when you're focused for four hours, five hours it could be, like when you are so locked in, like it just makes you do everything else a little bit better, if not even way better. Like that's just something I've been so grateful to have being disciplined these past four years and seeing, just seeing like my maturity, like kind of just take off. Yeah. And being able to juggle challenges and problem solve like just all these like little soft skills that yeah are just so important for like being just a little bit better than you were yesterday um what was like the second part of your of your question yeah my second part was just how you guys are going to oh yeah utilize your mm-hmm. your education here, yeah you know and that, I, th- I think that's very underlooked especially mm-hmm. as student athletes you know because everyone's like oh you know, I mean, what do you, I mean, I guess you guys can ask this and what are you guys studying? And then what is your interest in that field? Yeah. I guess, um, I'm not saying you have to decide and that's kind of what of our later questions we'll get into, but I'm not saying you guys have to decide what you guys want to do, but 
how are you guys using that mm -hmm. information that you guys are learning on a daily basis? And is that interesting to you? Or, you know, as a high school freshman, like, what majors should, should people choose? And, and if you are going to play baseball, you know, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Like, I, and it's like, it's a process. And I, I wish I, I like, I, I wish that was one thing. Like, I, knew exactly what I wanted to do coming into college because it just gets more simple. Yeah. From that point, like, you know the path, you know the checkpoints that you need to kind of cross to, like, get there. So, like, kind of doing it as you go is not the most effective or efficient way of doing it. <laughs> but, like, that's another thing you're just kind of learning along the way. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in a year. What I'm like, no idea what I'm going to do in a year. Yeah. I have no clue. But I have an idea, and I think that I've developed enough maturity and enough like skills to figure it out. Cool. I think that's kind of a big key, too. I just want to touch on before Chris goes. But the, the learning process, and I think that's really good that you mentioned that, too, uh, was the things that you learned being here in college in general, but more specific in student athletes, I think what you said too is this idea of being disciplined. I think you can use that no matter what you do, mm -hmm. right? Um, I want to add to the accountability factor, right? Yeah. You're you're living in a house of five guys, and you know <laughs> there's such accountability with that. But then also you're you're with four, 40 other guys on a baseball team, so you learn how to be accountable for your actions what you do on a daily basis, and that can help you in any field or any aspect of life that you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so kudos to you for, for realizing that, and I, I really wish a lot of people um, would take the time in their, in their respective lives to understand and develop and mature themselves in the way that you have so far. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick. But, yeah, go ahead, Kirsch. Um, I think, like, speaking to a high school a student that's like looking to play collegiate sport you know and obviously he's doing school as well like I would just say like don't shy away from the hard major or whatever it is if it's something you want to do like yeah. if you're interested in something you're gonna push yourself to succeed in that sure. um, no matter what it is so like I think like obviously transitioning like that time management at first is gonna be difficult but you're gonna find a way and yeah. I think that's what's um, like a skill that you learn from being a, a student athlete is like, you're going to find a way you're going to problem solve. You're going to persevere. Um, I think like what I have taken away or what I have learned or, you know, like what, so like I'm a, I'm a finance major. Um, I really didn't know a lot about finance in high school or anything. I took one personal finance class and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I knew I wanted to do something with business and I, I was really interested with film, photography, media, that sort um, and originally I was like, okay, thinking about film school and I had talked to a couple of my family members that had been in film school and worked in the industry and they were just like, look like you can do that, but it's kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And if you end up hating film school, like, or at the end of it, like you go into work in the industry and you don't like it, like you don't have a major to fall back on. Sure. And so I was like, okay, I, I I like like fa finance too. I'm decent at math, you know, yeah. when it makes sense, I can do it. Yeah. But um some other applications are harder. Um so it was like, okay, how can I pair, you know, this uh artsy side of myself as well as this kind of more calculated side of myself. And I think finance and more specifically, there was like 
one class, entertainment finance, where I was like, that's where it meets. Like, I need to do everything to get to that class. Yeah. Um, and that's the way I looked at it. And I was fortunate enough to take that class with Colby last year and it was super fun and really challenging, but it was an awesome experience. Um, but more than just like the curriculum, I think really putting yourself out there to just try and talk to and meet everyone you possibly can. I love that. Um, like, you never know who you're sitting next to. You never know who you're walking by. Yeah. And you never, and in the same sense, like, you don't know what that person's going through. You know, you don't know how they can affect your life and you don't yeah. know how you can affect their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just being open-minded and uh, being, like, letting yourself be vulnerable and just meet people and starting those new connections. Because, like, with baseball... Like you have forty brothers, <laughs> like, yeah. you're gonna, and you're gonna get forty more every year. Like yeah. those guys, you're gonna be with those guys, and I think it's important to you know reach out to those kids in class, whether it's just like because you guys want to do homework together or study together. Like that's where it starts, but then yeah. you never know. Like you start, you have another class with a kid, and then you get closer and closer, and you know things. One thing leads to the next, but so I would say that like don't shy away from doing what you want like looking at a curriculum or a major or whatever, like if you're passionate about it, go for it. You'll figure it out along the yeah. way. And then while you're in those classes, like do your best to just meet everyone you can, be friendly. Yeah. And you're a great example of someone who has just gone for it with KSK Media. And I wanted to talk to Aiden a little bit about this before, but wanted to bring that up because I think that's really cool. And then tell the listeners what that's all about. Yeah, so, um, like, long story short, like I said, I was into film and photography in high school, um, and I knew, like, it was just something that I wanted to do, and I was fortunate enough through the baseball team to meet another uh, one of my best friends, Mason Kokodinsky, who had, a like, a passion for it, but hadn't unlocked it yet, you know, and us just chatting and going back and forth and bouncing ideas off each other were like, you know, like, we're both interested into this, and then one of my other really good buddies, uh, Ryan Sadegiani, the S in KSK. Um, we just figured, like, you know what? If we're passionate about doing this, why not do it? And, I mean, like I said, like, not being afraid, I think that is, like, a perfect example of, it. you know, baseball school and that. Like, I'm passionate about all three of them. And I think it's funny because um, people try and put you in boxes, you know? They try and, and say, like oh, if you're doing all these other things, like, you don't care that much about baseball, all this, and it's like, no, like, you you don't know what I care about, exactly. you know, it's you don't have the same level of intent that I do, like, I can yeah. do all these things and give my 110% attention to all of them, you know, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, you get overwhelmed sometimes, yeah. and, and stuff happens, but it's like, that's the fun in it, it's it's figuring out how much you can actually do and in, in to a professional level. Um, so yeah, we started that, made a first short film, did super well, and and started doing some like small advertisements for companies here and there. And I mean, LMU has so many creative students that are just wanting to do things, and their products need advertisements. So that's kind of where we started, and now we're working on a couple documentaries and um, hopefully another series that we're gonna put out in a year. And just you know, learning as we're going, meeting awesome people. That's another really cool thing. Just Everything you do, whether it's baseball, school, or, um, you know, this company that we're doing, like I said before, like, you're just meeting so many people and so many people that are smarter than you and know how to do things better and just learning as we go. Cool. I like that. I feel like, like, what you kind of touched upon is kind of like, whatever you put in is like how much you get out and like, 
being able to put in work in so many different aspects it like it it pays off whether that be like being like a student or a student athlete or an athlete or like running a business or something like that it's so especially at LMU too it's like such a small community where like if you do stay after and like meet with a professor to like get like learn that concept more like you just develop such a great relationship with that professor that could help you learn somewhere down the road or use that as a resource or like whether it's baseball like staying after practice and like doing BP I love that I love BP yeah. just because it's batting practice I think it's such a fun <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah I feel like it's I don't know it's cool and like I don't know I, I love LMU like I only have good things to say about the school just because like I feel like it's such an awesome community where like you said it's like everyone's so nice at the same time, it's like small, but it feels big at the same time. Where you like, you walk through campus, you always see someone you know. But at the same time, there's a ton of people you don't know, so it's cool. I like that. Yeah, I just want to touch on something real quick. You said was the idea of um, <clears throat> putting athletes in a in a box, and that was one thing kind of similar. Starting this podcast was uh, just kind of something I wanted to do on the side that created another branch of my identity too or me and Aiden's identity also um, was just this idea to be able to not be just a baseball player or a student um, but this idea to okay in a community like LMU to be able to share your guys's great experiences but also ours in, in an environment that is um, really productive so but yeah and then also too just doing everything at 110 percent just because I add another section or add another variability to your life doesn't mean the other one's lessons lower, yeah lessons. exactly exactly it's it's this idea okay how much can we push our human ability to expand and be really great at different um aspects of our life but just wanted to say that real quick yeah no i mean you're doing a great job of it i think it's <laughs> i think it's funny too because um i feel like identity as an athlete is is such a big topic you know and it's something yeah. we talk about all the time and like what is your identity as an athlete? And that's, that's great, but it's also what is your identity as a person, you know? Like, sure. in, the, in the grand scheme of things, baseball, soccer, whatever it is, like, that's just a s very small point yeah. on this timeline, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're fortunate enough to be doing it as long as we can at a level that we're doing that, but at the end of the day, like, that dream's going to go away and we're going to have other things that we need to do, you know, or yeah. get pushed on us. But, so yeah, I think, and you brought up a great point too, like, putting yourself in an environment that allows you to do everything that you want to do, you know, like whether it's playing soccer, whether it's uh, excelling in the classroom or starting a podcast, like the environment that you guys are in allows you to do that. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's been pretty serious so far. I think it's time for <laughs> um, Yes. Is it my turn? It is your turn. <laughs> I love, I love these fun questions. Um, how it's going to work. I'm just going to be like, firing rapid fire <laughs> questions and okay. you guys are going to answer them alright let's do it um should we, uh, like, do, you want me, do you want an example before we start or you just want yeah let's hear an example so an example would be like LeBron James or Michael Jordan okay perfect you want me to answer that yeah one? I want you to answer <laughs> Michael Jordan really yeah. MJ too wow yeah okay I'm so a, I, and I'm a Laker fan so interesting that says a lot <laughs> <laughs> says a lot about LeBron really <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I guess we'll get started. Um, favorite baseball players? Mike Trout. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> okay. Uh, who is the best soccer player in the world? Messi. 
Yeah, and Messi. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only soccer player that Christian. That he, I was gonna say Mbappe. Have you guys seen the Beckham doc? Yeah, so good. crazy. Awesome. Is it really? I need to yeah, it's really uh, good. That's a good question. What's the favorite shows on Netflix? Or HBO? <laughs> Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Last, last two years ago, um, Kirsch watched Game of Thrones like in the fall. Like I think you. No, I watched it over summer. Yeah, yeah, coming yeah. back from from summer, but like it bled into a little bit of the. Fall yeah, memory. a little bit of the. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. So he watched it in his room, and I was I would always just like you know hear it Focus playing, heading. and I kind of watch a few And so I was, and so he's just like, you need to watch it, like you need to. And so me and Liam, a, a former roommate from a couple of years ago, we just kind of dove headfirst into the Game of Thrones universe, <laughs> and like Game of Thrones, hands down, favorite series ever. Awesome. Uh, favorite spo- food spot within like the five mile radius, like Marina del Rey, Westchester, Manhattan uh, Beach. I think uh, fantastic. Eat fantastic Ooh. in El Segundo. Okay. Great spots right by the Lakers training facility. Mm. That's a spot that sticks out to me when you say like favorite spot. I mean, obviously there's bigger, like places <laughs> I go to a lot more, but eat fantastic. Uh, my freshman and sophomore self would say Haciendas. Nice. <laughs> my junior and senior self, uh, yeah, Eat Fantastic is a gem. What, what is Eat Fantastic? I've never, I've it's never burgers it. and it's, yeah. I mean, they used to, they have this this meal called the lunchbox. It used to be ten dollars. Yeah. A burger, uh, two or three. Two chicken tenders. Two chicken tenders, fries, and a cookie. Wow. Ten bucks. Like ten bucks. How much does it cost now? Inflation has 17 or something yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's 12, we haven't been back in so long. It's 12 on the menu, but uh, like yeah, they, it's a single cheeseburger, so I have to put another patty on it. And it ends <laughs> up being like 17. It's wow. messed up. I'm sorry. That's unreal. Um, let's see. Oh, wait. I actually have to mention <laughs> the guy on the corner. Oh, of, yeah. The guy on the corner. I don't know what that street is. It's Lincoln and whatever the cross by Bristol. In between Bristol and the KFC Taco Bell collab. Across from KFC Taco Bell. My boy Rosario, shout out Rosario. He's the man. He makes really good street tacos and burritos. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He's there Thursday through Sunday. (laughs) 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 Probably like five to like midnight. He's there for a while. How how expensive are those? Pretty pretty good price, I think. There like, is no price. There are no prices. He kind he kind of low key like well, low key I'll get like eight no. tacos and he'll be like ah like yeah <laughs> it's whatever he's feeling like in the moment. Like sixteen bucks, I don't know. I'm like all right, so I tried to work out the math and the next time I went, I was like okay, it's gonna be two bucks a taco, and then like it ends up not being the same ratio and I'm like interesting. Dude, he needs a finance major in his corner. <laughs> real. I'm have to. That's how Take it to the next level. Rosario is the man. Uh, favorite fast food spot. Canes is Canes goes crazy. Canes, <laughs> Canes is insane. Or In and Out, yeah. In and Out, yeah. In and Out's a banger. Favorite movie. The Blind Side. I know there's a lot of controversy right now, but <laughs> The Blind Side has always been my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shutter Island. Wow. Crazy. I just watched that. What'd you actually. Think? I was, oh my God, that's so funny that you say that. Yeah. I was spooked out. Because uh, the crazy. reason I just watched it is because I had a, I'm in a psychopathology class. Oh, wow. And we had to 
pick a movie and yeah. critique it about psychology. I didn't end up choosing that one, but through word of uh, word of mouth, that was a good movie to watch mm -hmm. for such an assignment. Yeah. So I ended up watching it, and my God, dude, I was just like. For two in a blender. Lack of better, yeah, lack be of better term. I was brain fucked the entire. Time. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, what is going on? Yeah. It's, but, I, I still it's don't really know what happened. Yeah. Like I watched it, and I was like, what? Wait. Yeah. So <laughs> there's like three different alternatives. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I love it. You can so watch hard. it every time you watch it. You get something different, yeah. and you see something different, yeah. and you're like, I can see how you would yeah. like that. Just being the the. The creativeness of the film yeah. is is it's very in depth. Great, yeah, it's very in depth. Sorry, but no, yeah. all good. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor and from where? Uh, I love um, Rocky Road, Tillamook mm. Rocky Road. Mm. Unless you want a chain, I can also I'll give you a chain. Salted caramel, ri wait, sea salt and caramel ribbons. I think it is from Salt and Straw. Let's try a common answer. Dude, it is. But Cold Stone, I mean, anything from Cold Stone is. Cold Stone. I love uh, mint chocolate chip. Gotcha. It's good stuff. Uh, any hobbies outside of baseball? We both surf. Um, Kirsch. No. Kirsch, on a, Kirsch on a shortboard is pretty good. Yeah. Surf on a longboard is good. Nasty. Better than me, I think. You got more style. My dad's we still gotta go. My dad's a chiller. Yeah, we do gotta go. <laughs> Both your guys' dads are. Yeah. <laughs> Mega they bond over surfing too. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Am I missing any fun questions? There's yeah. been a couple parties here at Fordham, but overall, favorite party theme that baseball has ever thrown? Y2K. Our, dude, our Y2K <laughs> party was crazy. Yeah, was the bad. bits that showed up for that. Awesome. So awesome. awesome. That was a great one. Yeah. That was that was really good. I mean, Altavon back in the days, like Altavon Halloween party. Crazy. My sophomore year was the biggest party I've ever seen for such a small house. Mom moment of silence for Altavon. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of you guys can tell our listeners what Altavon was? Altavon was a baseball house for a, like I, 30 years. Yeah, I heard something like tw 20, 20 something. something years or something. No one knows the real number. It's a different number every time. <laughs> yeah. 150 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was down on uh, Altavon right off of 80, 83rd. 83rd. Yep. And um, a lot of, lot of people passed through there. A lot of great names passed through there. And then uh, sadly, two years ago, the man on the corner with the big house bought it for... <laughs> Unknown reasons. He hasn't done. He hasn't done much with it. Yep. Sad. Hasn't been the same since. Just sitting there waiting for a rager to be thrown. <laughs> the day, the day might come. <laughs> there was a stretch my freshman year that, man, there was a party also on every damn weekend for about, <laughs> for about like five weeks. It was awesome. The guys that would live there, like, we'd be we'd be over at somebody's house or at something else. Like, Aldevon wasn't even in the question. No. And then it would be like 12.30 rolls around. <gasps> Everyone come to Aldevon. Yeah. Like, bro. Aldevon is hot. And then like 600 people would show up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know where. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite place to go for like nightlife? Like, best bar? Yeah. I'm a... I I like going yeah, to the no. Brig and Victorian and down there. I don't know. I mean, wherever we've had some like pretty actually funny places that we've gone to, like Gaslight. 
Gaslight has been a new one. Karaoke That's bar, I recommend if you need something to do. Ponchos like, down there. Manhattan. Ponchos is what I was going to say, because everyone goes to Sharky's across we the street. And one night, the line was so long, we're just like, you know what? Let's Ponchos, it sounds like there's karaoke going on there. So we went in there, by far the youngest people in the room. <laughs> but it's just hilarious seeing some of the we nightlife characters up, you got out there. Awesome. Um, and Brennan's. Uh, we did one uh, turtle race event earlier this year. That's awesome. Super funny. Such a good time. All right, I feel like that concludes Aiden's nice. questions. That concludes it. Yeah, thank you guys. For I love it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there any other fun questions you want me to ask you? Like, did I miss out on any? <laughs> did you want me to ask you? Did you? Like, <laughs> what do you feel like the listeners need to know about you guys yeah, that they exactly. wouldn't know? Can I ask you a question, Aiden? Of yeah. You who's, your dirty, who's your dirtiest roommate? Oh, dude, Carson Kendall. No uh, way. Shocker, no, actually, no, he's going to listen to that. He's going to be really mad. Shocker. It has, to, it has to be a tie between, oh, my God, they're, they're going to be so mad at me. Carson Kendall and Mossmo Pomponi. Really? Really. That's Mossy's flaw. <laughs> right there. Yeah, yeah. Mossy can do everything. Everything else. It's just dirty. But they, they would refuse to admit those. The My one pet peeve in the house is, like, everyone loves pesto pasta Ooh. and they get like the kirkland pesto mm. and like they cook with it whatever but like they refuse to clean it up yeah. and the pesto is so oily that it makes everything in our house incredibly oily mm. so counters dried pesto like some damp pesto and then in the <laughs> sink everything is oily because they like they, they they soak the bowl I'm putting uh. I'm putting <laughs> oh yeah it, it needs to soak yeah, yeah it needs so, to soak. Gotta soak the bowl right? so they soak <laughs> the bowl but it overflows and then all that oil that was in that soaked bowl just ever, is so oily and everything else in the sink dishes are yeah I was said it last night like dishes are like the reasons I could lose friends yeah Colby actually said that if we didn't have a dishwasher we wouldn't be friends <laughs> he said no, 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 wait. This is... That wasn't exactly what it was. I don't remember what it was, but I said something along the lines. If we didn't have a dishwasher, friendships would be lost. Yeah. And so... I was like, oh, so all our, our uh, what is it, a dishwasher separates our friendship yeah. or, or defines our friendship? Yeah. But the thing is, like, we have a dishwasher, and I'm on the same boat as you. I love a dishwasher, and it makes no sense to me how people don't like a dishwasher. So Carson same and here. Massimo and Steven and my roommates – Tyler's like the only other one, like refuse you to use the dishwasher. So they like hand like wash yeah. it, but that doesn't make it. That's not. That does not mean it's washed. There's still oil on that's that. That's what thing. I'm saying. So if it's not a dishwasher and the dishwasher, what do you mean? There's run, been scientific studies that prove soaking in the sink is better than the dishwasher. I will. Okay. I will die. I will die on the fact that everyone needs to use a dishwasher. Okay, but here I am. I was. I was fifty-fifty. I was like, okay, whatever, because my mom kind of did both growing up. Until I took a medical microbiology class. Oh my never god. Have I ever, Here is the science of it. No, never have I ever been so aware of how many germs are everywhere. But let alone, like if you miss a centimeter of that pesto pasta plate. Thank okay? you for using pesto pasta. Just so it relates to my Yeah, friends. well of course. I got you. <laughs> And you put that plate <coughs> off to dry, okay? The bacteria that you missed on that centimeter will exponentially grow to that every entire. 30 minutes ah. to that entire plate to the point by the time you put it in the cabinet, right? All and the time a week later when you go to grab that plate, it's full of that bacteria again, even though you can't see it. So that is why I am a dishwasher guy because 
you're I think you just turned to everybody into this. Yeah, culture. thank you. I may, I may have that. But, that makes me actually want to like, like, tent my entire house. Yeah, and like just spray <laughs> every pesticide. I think we need gloves when we're unloading the dishwasher now. Yeah, even putting, even using the dishwasher sometimes doesn't quite do the job. Yeah. I, but it's better. It makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. I almost, I almost feel bad for the listeners because we're on the topic of dishwasher. So much. <laughs> Just a ten but minute like, segue. No, here's, here's the thing. Like, there's, what's there's, your favorite dishwasher? What soap do you use? There's a different like, like, two questions. Do you rinse the plate? Like, do you wash like, yes. like, like, do you wash the plate before you put in the dishwasher? Absolutely. Because there's some people who just like. Like, oh yeah, I think so, the dishwasher is the best cleaning. No, no. Let's 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 take some like 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 pasta bolognese. That's a great example because you know like the meat kind of dries, the sauce dries. Like, do you like get a sponge and wipe that off before you put it in the dishwasher, or are you supposed to leave it no, just directly no. put it? In the you dishwasher? wipe it all off. Yes. Wipe it all off and then put it in the dishwasher. Thank yes, you. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. okay. Second question on this topic. So when the dishwasher is done, yeah. it's done. You open it and like some things have caught water. Do you wipe that water off and then put it back, like put it in its respective place in the kitchen? Or do you kind of just like shake it off and then put it back? If it's full of water, like a bowl that got flipped over, I pour it out and I mean, I could be guilty of sometimes if it's not just like a bunch of water, I just throw it in there because it's going to dry. That's kind of my like approach to it. But like obviously if it's just like an egregious amount of water, I'll, I'll, I'll dry it off. Okay, do you want to answer that? And then I have another, I have another <laughs> dilemma. <about laughs> I'm never ranting about this. Right? I, I needed this. I needed this. We need yeah. No, go ahead. Let's I don't go go okay. topic. The number one pet peeve, I think, in this, if not in living with people overall, like, if you have a dish and the dishwasher is full, you do not throw it in the sink. You either, two options, you either hand wash it and put it in the dry rack or you empty the dishwasher and then put that dish into the dishwasher. Mm. There is something wrong with people's minds that just think that when the dishwasher is full and they have to put a dish in there, they're just gonna throw it in the sink because someone's eventually gonna empty the dishwasher, I guess, and then someone else deals with it. So yeah. to clarify, the dishwasher is finished washing. Yes. And they, instead of being a normal person who's kind and has a heart yeah. and unloading the dishwasher, they instead just leave it in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. I think what I, what I have taken away from this podcast, besides <laughs> all of the great knowledge that Colby and Connor have shared with us, but I think that Colby and I could live together uh, and in perfect harmony. I think harmony, so, too. In I perfect so. harmony. Absolutely. I think so, too. Like Absolutely. It. Yeah. Wow. Let's yeah. make some plans, dude. Let's do really it. Really great. Well... Are we done with our dishwasher I conversation? Everyone take a big deep breath. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. We can move oh, on from that topic. Okay. I, I, the thing is, I didn't want to get into that topic. I was forced. <laughs> I was forced. <laughs> it held me against my will. Maybe Check throw that my one off the list. The bus. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up here with our two big questions that we ask every guest. And that is, we'll start with our first one. Each of you can answer. Um, but it is, what is your end goal, and what do you want to do in the future? When you say end goal, does that mean your interpretation? Your interpretation. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the fun part because we've had guests interpret <clears throat> it 
completely different, but mm-hmm. um, so for your discretion. So I feel like I'm going to approach this in terms of like, I don't like any absolutes. Yeah. So uh, obviously you're saying interpretation, but you know, part of that could be like what I want to do with my life or what I look forward to. But I feel like for me, my end goal is to get to a place knowing that I've done everything in my, in my power to get there not leaving anything on the table. I think it's important to keep in mind that everything you do affects someone else and it affects the next thing that you do. And, and what, like, why would you do something if you're not going to do it all the way or do it 100%? So I feel like my end goal is to just commit to something and be all in on it because I feel like for me there there are a lot of times where I'm iffy on something or like oh, like I don't know like I could reach out to this person but like what if they say no and what if it just destroys all of my all of my motivation to pursue that so my end goal is to just go after it I feel like and do everything with intention cool my end goal is to live on the same street as all of my friends oh I love (laughs) that that's cool that is sick I always like I feel like we always joke about that idea of like dude let's just live next to each other when we're older but I mean I think that stems from like my passion to just learn learn from people, learn from myself, learn from experiences, like, you know, I, I don't know, I often, often ponder, like, <laughs> what is the meaning of life, like, yeah. what are, what are we all here for, you know, and, like, I mean, I don't have an answer to that, but I think just being able to soak in everything that there is in the world, you know, whether it's baseball, school, what's going on outside of school, just everything people have to offer you and everything you have to offer people just taking it all in and enjoying the ride a minute by minute cool love that love those answers those really good and you guys kind of already answered the second question but one word of advice to our listeners could be about anything uh, what do you guys got for the people I'm thinking right now so if whatever whatever uh you get something in your head yeah i think if i could just like summarize everything that i've talked about on this podcast too it's just just be open-minded you know just about everything you never know what opportunities are going to present themselves to you um you know and yeah the more open-minded you are and the more um willing you are to take things in the more of those opportunities are going to present themselves to you cool kind of along the same lines I, i feel like it's such an existential answer but like you only have one life and when you like take a step back in in any situation you can take a step back and think like really what is this in the big picture is this really that big of a deal that I'm gonna stress about it and like worry about it and put so much energy into it when it really doesn't it doesn't mean that much in the end and in the moment it, it might seem like it but everything's I, feel, I think this is what I would say. Everything's going to be okay. Mm. I feel like, for me, that's, like, what I would tell people. At least 
right now when even when stuff's going sideways like everything happens for a reason and it works itself out and everything is going to be okay this too shall pass exactly awesome really good answers really good answers got anything oh all right well thank you guys for coming on and discussing um inexpensive and expensive experiences and the baseball culture and obviously how we talked about dishwashers and <laughs> how, <laughs> how, uh, do your dishes do, yeah do your dishes um, you can say one thing <laughs> yeah do your dishes. you might save a friendship <laughs> it just might who would have thought but then also uh, just being students and, and going through that daily life and routine so uh, just want to thank you guys for coming on and, and joining Beyond the Bluff today Thank you guys. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Bluff. If you enjoyed, follow and like for more LMU student athlete content. We'll see you next time.